Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Holding Down the Fort Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jen Amos. And now with me in season three of Holding Down the Fort, I have my co-host with me, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Great. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Yes. And we're really excited because we get to chat with some veterans today, actually. (laughs) And so we have Michael Blankers, or Mike for short, a retired Navy veteran, and Chad Lennon, who's a major in the Marine Corps. So Mike and Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah, for sure. You know, so a little background on the show in case you're hearing it for the first time. The show primarily focuses on providing education, resources, and stories for our military spouses and families. And part of the resources we like to provide are veteran-related resources. And so just real briefly, Mike, why don't you share a little bit about what you do and what we're going to talk about today? Okay, great. Thanks, Jen. Well, you mentioned a couple of things right off Jump Street there with regards to education and veteran support, if you will. And so the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation is named after former Navy Chief Petty Officer and probably more accurately known or more popularly known as a Hall of Fame baseball pitcher, Bob Feller, who had a Hall of Fame baseball career with the Cleveland Indians. Short history lesson is Bob was in the beginning stages of what would ultimately be a Hall of Fame career with the Cleveland Indians when Pearl Harbor went down in December 7th, 1941. Actually, as he was driving from his hometown of Van Meter, Iowa, towards uh, Chicago to do his contract signing with the Indians, he, so he literally stopped on the way and enlisted in the United States Navy and basically gave up three of what would have been the prime uh, career years to go serve in the world's finest Navy and was a decorated gunner's mate, chief petty officer uh, serving on board the USS Alabama. So fast forward to post Hall of Fame induction and our president, Peter Fertig, ended up meeting Mr. Feller and they formed a partnership, if you will, with a book. Peter Fertig had written a book for children And Mr. Feller was kind enough to endorse it and sit alongside Peter at the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies for a couple of years and sign autographs and sign the book. So they formed a nice relationship. Unfortunately, when Bob passed away in 2010, Peter felt a debt of gratitude for, you know, what Bob did for him and, and also reflecting on Bob's selfless service to his country. And he approached Mrs. Feller to gain permission to form what's now known as the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation. And so what the foundation does is we recognize both Major League Baseball players, Hall of Fame baseball players because of Bob Feller being a Hall of Famer, a Navy Chief Petty Officer because Bob's uh, service as a chief in the United States Navy, as well as uh, Marine Corps senior NCO or typically a gunny sergeant 
And that particular award that we give out on an annual basis is named after Hall of Fame baseball announcer for the San Diego Padres. And he's a former uh, New York Yankee as well. He's a decorated fighter pilot in World War II. And I'm going to test Chad real quick and see if he can jump in and tell us who that decorated World War II fighter pilot was in the Marine Corps. That would be Jerry Coleman. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. So I got a shout out to his fellow Marine. So we, we give those awards on an annual basis. But the neat thing that we do that's relative to your listening audience is this year we're starting scholarships. Our three core values, as we mentioned, the recognition. We also educate. We'd like to educate the current generation about the greatest generation, which would be our World War II veterans. And thirdly, we mentor. We have a, a robust college internship program. And so we take college interns and ones that are especially interested in working in the sports industry, if you will. And we actually have a partnership with a company called Sports as a Job to help develop and prepare college interns for their professional careers, you know, post-college. And we have a very talented group of interns. They're amazing. If there's any uh, potential suitors out there, job people looking for uh, talented individuals, come look us up. We'll turn you on to some talented interns. But going back to the education piece, we're proud to announce we're offering scholarships to military children, veterans and their children. And relative to the event that Chad's going to speak about here shortly, we're having a Walk for Valor. And out of the funds we raised for the Walk for Valor, and I'll let Chad speak more to the event itself, we're going to bestow or award a scholarship to children that have, of a suicide, basically survivors of a military veteran suicide victim is our goal. And that's pretty much the foundation in a nutshell to, you know, to recap, core values are to recognize, educate, and mentor America, make America a stronger, better place, just make it better. And with that, let you uh, turn it over to Chad and let him talk about the event, if it's all good with you, Jen. Yeah, absolutely. Before we jump over here to Chad, I just want to thank you for giving us a brief history about the foundation and really elaborate on what you do there and what you're doing today, you know, with the scholarships. So thank you so much for doing that. I feel like I don't even have a lot of questions to elaborate on that because you were so concise. <laughs> All right. So let me go ahead and go over to Chad Lennon over here. Chad, why don't you tell us a little briefly your involvement with the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation and a little bit about this uh, Walk for Valor event coming up, or actually, sorry, at the time of this recording, I want to mention that the event has already passed, but I understand it's an annual event. And so, Chad, do you want to talk a little bit about the Walk for Valor event? Sure. Thank you. So I'm involved with the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation as well. I'm one of the members on the board of directors, and I'm also the chair for the Military and Veterans Relationship Committee. And I was involved last year with the foundation as an advisor. I was just learning about it. And I did a, a chain pull. I, I dragged a 400-pound chain for one mile, set a world record in that, and did that to raise money for one charity. And it all came from uh, David Goggins. And the book he wrote, Can't Hurt Me, I got the audio version, and I heard about his story. And it didn't motivate me. It made me found a purpose. And that's to go do something for veterans, brothers, and sisters out there that were hurting in some way mentally, physically, financially, whatever the situation is. So mm -hmm. I found a great charity, and I went out and did the chain pull. I joined the Bob Fellow Active Valor Award Foundation. And this year, I was like, I'm going to pull a 600-pound chain. But fortunately, I had a daughter in February, 
And I said, you know, I just not going to have the time to train like I need to to pull that chain. So I was just out going for a run, just thinking, what can I do this summer to really push myself, challenge myself, and try to do something good and raise some more money for these charities for that are based for veterans and military. And I said, you know what, maybe I can just walk Long Island in a way. And mm. I'm involved with the Veterans Suicide Awareness Remembrance Flag Corporation with the Bob Fellow Active Valor Foundation, as well as the Semper Fi Fund. And I said, you know what, I can just take the American flag, SAR flag, put on 22 pounds, and I'll just walk. And you know what, 25A is a major road from Queens out of Suffolk County. It takes place pretty much right where Manhattan ends and Queens starts, and I can just go as far as the road is. It's all of Long Island. It's all of Long Island. And I'll just go, and you know, maybe I can raise some money and some awareness for these charities for the veteran suicide rate, which is now known as 22 a day. It's mm-hmm. down to just over 20. It's down, which is good, but we won't be satisfied to that number is zero. Talked to my wife about it. We drove 25A, and there was a major expressway part of it. So I was like, all right, I got to shorten it up. And then I brought it to the attention of the board or the, the meeting that we have with the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation. And we just started rolling. And originally it just was me going out there, walking with some flags, walking with 22 pounds. If I can raise some money, raise awareness, that'd be great. And it's morphed into something so much more than I ever expected. Mm-hmm. We talk about Bob Feller and baseball. In fact, Mike Trout just retweeted this a couple of days ago. Him and his wife started a, a suicide awareness charity. And they retweeted what we're doing, which is amazing. I have the National Director of Merging Vets and Players, J.C. Glick, who's a retired Army Ranger. He's going to be hiking with me. My wife's going to go the entire 66 miles with me. And right now, there's 12 hikers doing the entire hike. We have 16 checkpoints. Anyone who's able to join us, I know a bunch of folks right now plan to join us at different checkpoints for part of the hike. Some of the Marines from... First Marine Corps Recruiting District will be out there. Some of the police will be out there. There may be some from Naval Recruiting Command. And just friends and family, those who are involved in the military in some way, are going to be out there helping us out, going any distance. And I've told everyone, I'll carry anything for one mile. Just please make a donation because this is a great cause. There's five great charities. Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation, Semper Fi Fund, Veterans Suicide Awareness Remembrance Flag, Project Nine Line, and Merging Vets and Players. And together, you know, Everyone's got a different mission. There's all different mission sets, but it boils down to helping veterans. Mm-hmm. Right now, the epidemic is veteran suicide. Mm-hmm. And I would venture to say that every veteran, every service member out there either knows someone that has taken their own life or has attempted to take their own life. This is a major, major issue going on. A lot of it can be traced back to PTSD and TBI, which is the major injuries of the current wars we're in. And we're not even at the end of it yet. We're coming up on 20 years since 9-11, and we're going to have military members retiring, and all their career has been war. So it's a combination of family, friends, these programs that are out there to be there for everyone, to be there for everyone who's getting out. Whether you've done four years or 20-plus years, transitioning out of the military is a major mind scramble because you spend years where here is my lane. I have to stay in my lane, and i got to make sure everyone's in their own lane. And you got to the civilian world, and everyone's in each other's lanes. You don't know what's going on. The chain of command that you're used to is your report to one person. It's not like that in the corporate world. So it's, it's very difficult. And add in anything else that may be going on besides just a transition, it, it becomes very difficult. So going back to the walk, this is what it is. It's, you know, we're bringing awareness. This is what's going on out in our community. 
And there's some great charities out there. We're combining forces. And I think that's the major step too is we've gone from a point of we need more resources out there for veterans and military families to mm-hmm. the point of there are a ton of resources out there. But I have a veteran or a military service member that comes to me, may have multiple issues. Now we can combine and understand here's where to go. These are folks that we work with. This is an organization that we know that can help you with that other issue. We do one issue. They can do another one for you. So at least we can all work together. And again, it's a community. Mm-hmm. I tell folks all the time, no one does it on their own. James Bond doesn't do it on his own. He's got the British government helping him out. So even your fictional characters, no one's doing it alone. We all have to be together and work as a team. And the PTSD issue has been around forever. You could have called it shell shock, battle fatigue, whatever it is. It boils down to the same thing, just different nomenclature. And we're at a point today where we understand it more. It's still new. I think the DSM-4, when the DSM-5 for diagnosing psychological issues just recognized PTSD recently. That's how Mm -hmm. new it is. And so we're still learning. We're still breaking through in a way to release the stigma of PTSD. And just being able to go out there and talk about these things going on because... You know, military, we're trained to go out and do the adverse of human nature, and that's to go out and kill. Mm -hmm. We go out to war. We go out to battles. That's not what the civilian world does. So Mm -hmm. to come back, it's all a lot of training you go through, and I think we all need to do a better job of training ourselves back into civilian life once we get out. So, again, these foundations, these businesses or, or, or charities that are out there can really do a lot of good, and I would implore Anyone out there listening who is a veteran or service member or spouse, family, friend, if there's something that seems just even out of line a little bit, just go and talk to them. Bring them out these resources. There's a bunch of places out there. You can just go and hang out with veterans and play softball together or whatever the case is. It's, we're out there to help each other. So, yeah, I always say if someone needs help, just reach out to me. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Chad, for sharing all of that. I feel like I have a couple of responses. First of all, congrats on having a daughter. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned early on there. And yeah, for everything that you're doing, you know, we were talking offline before we started this recording and I was just sharing that I'm actually a gold star daughter. I had lost my dad when he was about 18 years in the U.S. Navy. His last ship was the USS Kitty Hawk and he had disappeared. His death certificate says that his death is unknown and that he may have supposedly drowned. And we don't know much of his story since. However, my sister, who was only five years old at the time, you know, fast forward to life today, she started asking me and asking her family who dad was and what he was like and wanted to understand more about how he happened to disappear. And in that process, in that journey of interviewing our family members and even his best friend, the last person that saw him before he disappeared, we are gathering that my dad may had struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts uh, so much that we did find out he had attempted in the past. And, you know, with his disappearance, we're, you know, speculating that it could have been the same situation. And I can only imagine what it was like to serve in the 80s and the 90s. And so, you know, being able to hear the work that, you know, you two are doing and all these organizations are doing really just fills my heart, you know, to know that we are normalizing these conversations and that, you know, our service members, our veterans and our families need these resources and need this help. And I think the number one thing that I appreciate about what you're doing is ultimately creating a sense of community, you know, saying like post-military life, you know, saying that you're not alone, you know, that we're here for you. Like at the very least, if you could just have a friend that understands, you know, like if we could be that friend for you, then so be it. And so I just want to thank you, Chad, for really 
delving into your involvement with the Walk for Valor and with the foundation and being willing to carry some weights, which I would not do. So you must be very fit. (laughs) I want to check in with Jenny Lynn for a second here. Jenny Lynn, is there anything you wanted to add to the conversation? So you saw the head nodding. Um, I always do. No. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are, I am part of an active duty military family. And unfortunately, it's not just veterans that are part of the 22 a day. I mean, there are a considerable amount of active duty folks too. In my professional profession, I work in mental health. So you were totally speaking my language. That's what all the nodding was about. I mean, I see this on a daily basis. And that's why I got into doing what I do with mental health, because it is such a big deal and the need for that community to come around people who have served and are serving is so important. And you're right on. It's military, active duty, reservists, it's veterans. It knows no gender. It knows no rank. It knows no branch. There are, I believe it was an Air Force general took his own life a few years ago. Mm. There was a commander of a special operations unit that took his own life a couple of years ago. They're private to general. It doesn't matter. Everybody's afflicted with it. Active duty, reservist, veteran, it doesn't matter. Everyone's afflicted with it. There's, unfortunately, a friend of mine through the Semper Fi Fund, one of his buddies is a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps, took his own life a couple of weeks ago. This is just constantly going on. And I believe it's even more difficult in active duty because mm-hmm. you have your career to worry about. Am I mm-hmm. going to be told I can't deploy? Mm-hmm. That's huge because you, there's a lot of survivor scope that goes on, you know, Someone who's single that sees their buddy who's married, possibly with kids, be killed in action. Why wasn't it me? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I'll go on this mission. You know, I can't make this mission, whatever the case is, and something happens. That can be survivors. That's huge. And it's been portrayed in some movies out there, obviously fiction, but there is some truth to it. It's huge out there. And as commanders, I'm a major in the reserves. I'm a company commander with one of the units. And it's something you've got to keep an eye out for. In part, you're a psychologist. You have to make sure the mental health of your service members, for me, my Marines, to make sure they're well taken care of, to make sure that they have the right head going on at the time. If there's something going on, hey, let's figure this out before it gets out of control. You know, we have to be out there for each other. I don't care if you're active duty, reservist, or veteran. We're all part of the same community. We all give each other crap all the time, branch <laughs> to branch. We pick on each other, but nobody else can, just like a sibling thing. So when it comes down to it, you know, we're all here for each other. We have to be. For years, it was, no one was out there but ourselves. And there was a saying that no one knows a veteran better than another veteran. I still think that's true today. But that's not to say that someone who's not a veteran can't help. From my experience, it seems you just need to prove yourself a little bit more. But once you're in, you're in. And mm-hmm. I've worked with some tremendous people who do great work for veterans who've never been in the military, no family in the military, but they have a passion to help us to help our community out. And that's what's important. For someone to be there to want to help, that's the key to success right there. So it's just all of us as a community, we have to be there for each other, we have to keep an eye on each other. And sometimes it's just, they say during the COVID pandemic now is, just reach out to someone. You haven't heard from them a while, check on how they're doing. Because you never know, someone could be writing a suicide note right now and you have no idea. But you calling them and checking on them, right. that could be the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, I know that by the time this episode is out, we probably will still be stuck in these interesting times. So I'm just curious, starting with you, Mike, how has the foundation adapted to COVID? Well, pun intended, we have virtually had to adapt. So in a virtual sense, things that 
the foundation typically does uh, boots on ground, you know, physical presence is all being done virtually. For example, this time of the year, we're typically making appearances in major league ballparks and calling in chief petty officers to acknowledge the major league baseball players that our foundations identified for each respective ball club. We'll have an on-field ceremony where we recognize them as that particular club's nominee for the award. We're not able to do that. But before I dive into that a little further, I kind of want to further what Chad was touching on with regards mm -hmm. to the suicide epidemic. I'm a career Navy guy, and full disclosure, I, I actually attained the rank of chief petty officer myself before I retired. And one of my saddest moments during my career was when our chief of naval operations, the highest ranking naval officer we have, Mike Borda, killed himself, committed suicide mm -hmm. as CNO in the wow. mid-90s. It cast a big cloud over the Navy as a whole, and uh, it really hit home with sailors like myself because he was known as a sailor sailor. He actually rose from seaman to admiral. He was a personnelman. I was a guy that paid her when I was what's known as a dispersing clerk. So our job ratings worked together closely. So it really, really hit home for me personally and amongst uh, many others. And the real sad irony to the day that he committed suicide, and the reason he committed suicide as far as the public is concerned, was some reporter was digging into whether he was eligible to wear the bronze V for valor on one of his combat ribbons. You know, just kind of minuscule stuff. And as the story goes, he didn't want to embarrass the Navy any further than he already had. He was like that dedicated to the service. You know, again, another example of selfless dedication to our nation. Right. And ironically, I read a report recently where somebody at one of the outlying commands, they indicated that Admiral Borda was actually that same day he was supposed to come to their command to talk about suicide prevention. How ironic is that? So, I mean, it can wow. happen anytime. And I will also state full disclosure for me personally, I sport the Sosa jersey, even though I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan and a Sammy Sosa fan, S-O-S-A. Okay. Well, I'm currently a VA employee and I am uh, very in tune with the Prevents Task Force, which the Trump administration signed into action basically a year ago. And recently they put out their roadmap called REACH, and they've got Vice President Pence, and his wife is the ambassador for the program. So the highest levels of our current administration are very much on board. Going back to what you mentioned earlier, I recently attended a webinar with all of these key players uh, when they announced or, or uh, rolled out this uh, REACH program. And, and to the point that was made earlier by Jenny Lynn is... It's a holistic approach, okay? It takes a village, right? And that is the approach that we're finally taking in the past, historically. Everyone relied on the VA to take care of the mental health issues for veterans, and that, that's not enough. So one of the things I do as a veteran, and as Chad mentioned, you know, nobody takes care of veterans like fellow veterans, is I advocate for suicide prevention, obviously, and what's kind of a systemic approach or basically a, an underlying symptom, if you will, for suicides typically are poor transitions. Mm. For me personally, that was my issue. I had a very rough transition because I retired during the recession in 2009. 
very difficult time and it impacted me, you know, to the point that I mentioned before. And what we're seeing, you know, 11 years later is the same thing. And look, you know, back to the question, you know, how did COVID, how's COVID impacting us? Well, let's take a look. You've got service members getting out, you know, and transitioning into a totally uncertain environment. And so that is going to create anxieties and excitability, not in a good way. And so the transition process is even more important. And that has been my focus. But going back to your original question with regards to the foundation, the foundation for me personally has been very therapeutic. Mm. I've spoken individually with Chad how this cause was just in time for me. Like if I had any doubt about, you know, how I'm doing personally, being able to throw myself into a cause greater than myself, you know, bringing this awareness and prevention to the forefront of society, especially in considering what else is going on right now, right? I, mm-hmm. I won't get into it, but I think in these unsaid, I think this is just what we need. And we're happy, like I said, the end result, you know, I always look at, you know, what's going to be the end result of our efforts uh, right here and now at, at the end of the year, you know, at the end of the day, we're providing scholarships for, you know, military and veteran families. And I can't be more proud of our foundation from being able to do something like that. So first of all, I just, I think that you and Chad have such big hearts, you know, and and I think that on the surface, a lot of people assume that our service members have to be, you know, very hyper-masculine, have to be task-oriented and everything. And I just love the work that you two are doing. You know, you just have so much compassion for our community. And I think right now, not just for our community, but even for civilians, it seems like what COVID has done for many of us is focus on giving back and helping one another and really valuing community and connection. And so it's just great to see that you two are doing that as an example. And and you're finding the work that you're doing with the foundation, Mike, as very therapeutic. So thank you for sharing that. And so Chad, I want to check in with you as well. How have you adapted, you know, whether it's with your work and maybe in your personal life since COVID has hit us all? So my wife works in uh, public health. She's got a doctorate in public health. So she kind of saw some of this coming and starting to increase in this country. Um, mm. At the legal clinic I work at, we had a client come in and sit down with one of our interns at the end go, oh, yeah, by the way, my daughter's got COVID. And I was like, all right, that's it. Get all my stuff. I'm going to work from home. <laughs> my daughter was like a month old at that point. And at this point, we didn't know anything. I mean, we really still mm. don't know a whole heck of a lot. But at that point, right. it's really nothing. <laughs> So I got my stuff. I went to go home, work from home. And then we just transitioned about a week later to everyone was working from home and, and teaching from home. So I'm used to having conference calls on the phone with being a reservist. And I've had units literally across the country. So command and control has been used through the phone and through email. So I think for myself, it was a little bit easier than others. I think the most difficult part was staying indoors. <laughs> right. I think I, we transitioned pretty well, but you can definitely see those that are already struggling. And the suicide rates, the mental health issues have skyrocketed during this time. Yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. And that's why it's so important just to reach out to someone. And it's just a matter of just evolving in how you operate in any aspect of your life because things are constantly changing. This was unexpected. This was a major turn that we're still going through. So it's also just trying to figure it out. You know what? You're going to fail on different things, but that's the best way to learn is by making mistakes. So I think that's what we're doing. We've seen some of the commercials show how folks are doing on Zoom and sometimes not realizing they're on camera. Now, (laughs) the uh, transitioning and speaking back and forth, you don't have that body language. You're not 
in person anymore. So that's a little more difficult. But I think overall, we're doing well. We're transitioning. Things are starting to open up a little bit more, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it really comes down to being there for each other. And just touching back on the point that, Jen, you talked about before with, with the Gold Star. And, you know, that's kind of where the SAR flag came from. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, you'd have the Gold Star families for service members that were killed, whether in, in service. But for those who were the survivors of a suicide, there was no real group there. And that's why I think this SAR flag, which took its inspiration from the Gold Star families, the POW MIA flag, and put them together because this is this generation's veterans issue is suicide. There's the the head bowed and sombrance for the family. There's over 20 these on the side for over 20 veterans that take their own life each day. And even while we're doing this program, according to the numbers, another veteran or service member is taking their own life. Mm. So just about every hour, you can imagine, I think about 22 friends, 22 family members, someone may have one day, and it's a major issue. Programs like this, bringing the word out, letting everyone know what's going on are huge. And there's a number of phone numbers you can call, but just remember, just always being there for each other, just like COVID now, mm-hmm. being there for each other by phone, by text, by email, by Zoom. How many times have we had family get-togethers on Zoom, which has been fantastic. I know I've done that quite a few times. And it almost seems like we're getting together more as families through Zoom. You know, we're almost forced to do that in a way, but it's been great too. And as Michael said, you know, businesses, foundations are all making that transition. We're trying to do different programs virtually or a hybrid. A lot of programs are going that way, whether it's in the corporate world, military, charities, anything that it is. And podcasts, too. They used to have folks sitting right across from each other mm-hmm. on the phone. And now we're doing things through Zoom and other ways. And we're just trying to find a way to make it work. And I think when we return to some normalcy, this might be part of the normal is being in... Right environments like this, working from home, having Zoom conference calls. This book came out decades ago, The World is Flat, and we're seeing that our country's flat in a way that we can really interact with each other from home, from the office, in all different ways. So it's definitely also an opportunity for us to grow our businesses, our personal lives. So I know one thing is been difficult is I work from home, my wife works from home, and we have two kids and two dogs. So Trying to find that time is difficult, but you definitely grow as a unit too. So wherever there's conflict, wherever there's something that you're going through is difficult, there's an opportunity there too. And I think during Corona, the opportunity is for us to all grow. And this is part of how we're doing it. And I think we're going to transition into normalcy with this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you, Chad, for sharing that and for talking a little bit about the SAR flag. And I really appreciate it. I look at, I'm looking at it and I see the gold star in the very middle and it really touches me. And I think more people should know about this and, and everything. Jenny Lynn, just want to check in with you if you had anything you wanted to add. No, I agree on all accounts. Community is, is key. And yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Awesome. I'd like to add in about the SAR flag too is Kevin Hertel is an Air Force veteran. He's the one who founded this this flag. He spent over a year figuring out the design of the flag. And I think right now the flag is in 14 different states. Mm. And he's got some great stories of families who have said, you know, someone hasn't smiled in years and they got this flag and they smile that it's a, a way of closure or moving on or a way to progress in their lives. And some of the photos that we see, some of the letters that we get are just makes you want to keep going. You know, mm-hmm. it gives you purpose. Like we talked, like I talked about before, it's giving you purpose to continue on. And 
this is the, one of the flags I'll be carrying during the 66-mile hike. And what we hope to do is make this an annual event in multiple cities and turn it to just 22 miles instead of the 66. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 22 miles and, you know, just working together. It's, let's all work together because in the end, we all, we all want to see one thing, I think, and that's that number 22 to end at zero. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you, Mike and Chad, for joining me and just sharing just your love and compassion and heart for the veteran community and the military community overall. You both have shared so many incredible resources on this conversation today. So for people that do want to reach out and want to learn more, Mike, how can they learn a little bit more? How can they find information on the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation? So... Simply go to our website, which is actofvalorward.org, and hopefully you'll, you'll have that in print as well, but that's the best resource, pretty much everything. Anything and everything about our organization can be found on that website. We are also on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under that same handle. Fantastic. And then, Chad, any other resources you want to share as well, including the SAR flag? Sure. So SAR flag is sarflag.com, also on Facebook and Instagram. And I think it's really just, you know, reach out to someone, whatever's in your community, it can be local charities, organizations, national ones that have local chapters, whatever you're interested in, do a little bit of research. There's, there's lots out there. So I definitely implore those that are getting out, look to join a charity, look to join a board if you can, because it definitely will help you. I've saw this through my, seen this through my experience and others. Uh, of that transition that you're still giving to that community, that you're still out there giving your service. So definitely look into that. Even those that are still in, you, you can find the time to, to give a little bit. We have some active duty in uh, the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation. So it's def still definitely a great way to give while you're in service as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. I want to go ahead and wrap up. Obviously, it sounds like we can talk forever. Jenny Lynn, I just wanted to see if you had any final thoughts before we wrap up. I really appreciate that Mike and Chad came on today and not only talked about two really great organizations, but talked about how they come together. As someone who works in the nonprofit world, I think it's really, really important that we start bringing the nonprofits together to make a greater impact. There are a lot out there that kind of all support the same thing. And I think all getting together to move the mark forward is a really great thing. Yeah, fantastic. I think that with a lot of these organizations, they come out of that desire to fill in a void that's missing. And then I think in that process, you tend to find other people that are doing the same thing. And so it just makes so much sense to come together. So thank you both again, Mike and Chad for joining us and Jenny Lynn, thank you for co-hosting with me. With that said to our listeners, we hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so that you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. Tune in next time.